Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Over the next hour, you'll have the opportunity to listen to Cynthia Hyatt, an internationally recognized therapist and life management expert in private practice with offices in Phoenix and Scottsdale. As a captivating communicator, Cynthia engages, energizes, and inspires her audiences to become all God created them to be. For more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and wow, Happy New Year. Here we are about the third week of the new year, and I am so excited for 2016. I know that God is doing some big things, and He's going to be doing big things in you and me in all the people that we um, interact with and in the world at large. I'm so thankful for the movement that God is doing, and I want to encourage you all to really be focusing on what you see God doing and not focusing on what we think should be happening that's not happening. So, you know, I have a really exciting guest today. This is Brianna. Um, I'm not great at pronouncing her last name, so I might have to ask her to help me again, but it is Stens. Stenstrud, I believe. And this is so Brianna is with us from Focus on the Family, and she is the human life and community outreach person. And the third Sunday of every um, of January here is going to be Sanctity of Life Day. And so there's a big conference coming in Washington, D.C. on January 21st and 22nd that Focus on the Family and the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission will be hosting for the first time ever. It's a major pro life conference. And it's also in conjunction with March for Life, which is the largest worldwide organization with over 1,600,000, 600,000 people will be marching down in Washington, D.C. for March for Life. So I'm excited to have Brianna with me, and I want to tell you a little bit more about her. She um, is the director for Sanctity of Life and Community Outreach at Focus on the Family, and she really equips and engages pro-life advocates and oversees all kinds of content and communication related to this whole idea of sanctity of life. And I'm so glad you're going to be able to hear how she talks about pro-life and what that really means. And it isn't just an abortion issue. And so, Brianna, thank you so much for being with us today. Well, say hello to, yeah, say hello to the listeners. <laughs> well, we are glad that you're here. So give us kind of an idea. I kind of gave you a you know, a little bit of an introduction, but tell me again how to do your last name because I mess it up every time. Oh, I, so do I. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> My last name is Stensrud. I married into a 100% Norwegian family. So, yeah, Stensrud. That makes <laughs> sense. Okay, right. <laughs> okay, so you tell, tell us a little bit about what you're doing. We talked a little off air, and I, you know, I told you when we were off air, I'm like, oh my gosh, we did the whole show. It was so eloquent what you were saying. So, kind of give us that overview. Oh, goodness. Now I might mess up. Well, <laughs> um, one of the things about my job, one of the wonderful things about my job is that every day I get to walk into work and advocate for those who ad- cannot advocate for themselves. So yes. one of the pillars here at Focus on the Family, I think most people know Focus on the Family as a marriage and parenting ministry. And Focus on the Family actually has one, uh, five pillars. We've, it's marriage, parenting, evangelism, advocacy for children, and engaging the culture for Christ. So under that, advocacy for children is the sanctity of human life. And so we here at Focus has several programs that advocate for um, 
for kids. And one of those is our Wait No More program. And that is an, an, an event that goes around and engages churches to help recruit parents for those children who are waiting in the foster care system. And we've had over 3,000 families start the foster adoption uh, process, which is an amazing way to advocate for the orphan right in your backyard. We've also got an option ultrasound program where we place um, ultrasound machines in high-risk abortion cities and areas. And we've seen to date over 358,000 babies um, saved through that program. Wow. We know that women who see their child paired with counseling um, in a pregnancy resource center are more likely to choose life than when they don't see their baby on an ultrasound and get walked through what that really is that they're seeing and that they're hearing. So we're very involved with helping women have an educated decision, an educated choice about what what is actually taking place, what is actually being created inside of them. Then we also have a benevolent resource program where we we have over 11 booklets in English and in Spanish that we send to over 2,000 pregnancy centers across the country that equip them with life-affirming books to give to their clients, That uh, to everything from healthy pregnancy to I'm pregnant, how do I tell my parents, to I've had an abortion, how do I recover from that, um, how do I make an adoption plan, what if, I, what if I choose life and then I find out that my baby is going to have Down syndrome or is going to die in the next few hours after I deliver, I'll perinate a hospice, how do we... How do we talk about those issues with dignity to the client, to the woman who's choosing life, and then also equip the staffer um, to help them make those great life decisions and choices? So um, in the sanctity of life space, that, those are the three main ways that we advocate for life. But um, what I'm really excited about that we're working on is we're working on the Evangelicals for Life event. And this is the first ever major evangelical pro-life event of its kind that we're hosting, as you said, in Washington, D.C. on January 21st and 22nd. And it's in conjunction with the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, which is a branch of the Southern Baptist Convention. And the two of us are partnering together to help equip, all the way from the pulpit to the pew, folks to talk about what it really means to be pro-life. And I think people really shy away from the pro-life issue at times because they think it's just about abortion. I think you're right. I think that's a really important point to make, to really help us understand, you know, what you guys are trying to help people, you know, really reposition the way that we think about pro-life. Because it has such a negative um, feel to it these days, which is so, uh, I mean, how can pro-life be negative? But it is politically. You know, and I think the way when we start to get very worked up about the causes that we um, should be passionate about, um, I think that we can carry a tone that turns people off instead of turns people towards you're us. You're right. You're, and, you're very and, right. And so the way that we like to think about it is is that being pro-life is not just a political issue. It truly is a worldview. It's a life view. It's, it really is a way of looking at each human life that transcends culture, class, race, age, opinion, um, all of that. And, and the Lord is the creator of life. And all throughout Scripture, we see that Jesus models the dignity and sanctity of every human life. And that means from the formation of a child's first tiny cell all the way to life's final breath and every stage in between. And so being pro-life needs to be a comprehensive worldview that we have. And being pro-life means that if we are in disagreement with someone, that person also has dignity. So having dignity and respect for those who disagree with us is a wonderful way to be a, a 
an example of what it really means to be pro-life. Because you're for their life, not just for other people's lives. You're for See, their that, life. I, yeah, well. I think you should say that again. That is a great way to say that. That even if we're in disagreement, we are pro-life for them. Yeah. So you're advocating even for them. So right. by giving people dignity and respect, it allows an open an open heart. It allows an open conversation. But if we're only pro-life for those we feel need to be advocated for, and we do that in such a way that turns people off, um, it's, it's, it's very hard to then move forward in that conversation, just much like it is when you're trying to advocate for apologetically for the Christian faith. Right. Um, very few people have been won over um, to Christ because they lost an argument with somebody. They well, lost a yelling. You're, at well, you're exactly right. And I, I you know, rem, I remember, I remind Christians regularly, I say, you know, God is not impotent. You know, it's like we, we, we get this fear that if we don't convince people that somehow we've lost this battle, that we forget that God is fighting for it every day and has fought for it since the beginning of time. He fought for it in the garden. He fought for life for us. Yeah, and, and we make terrible Holy Spirit. I know. You know, I think that's what I like to tell people. It's like, you know, it is, it's our job to plant the seeds. That's right. And the right. way in which we plant them, I mean, we can, we can dig into the ground. We can cut into the ground. We can we hack can, it. We can hack it we to death. Hack, yeah, we can hack it to death. And I think... We, we can bury, we can deluge it, deluge it with water, overabundance of water. Yeah, we can drown the seed. <laughs> and really what we're supposed to do is plant. And then, yes, you know, yes. We... And, and that goes along for everything in life. I mean, that That's could go right. along even for your marriage, too. You make a whole a terrible Holy Spirit to your husband. That's right. Oh, my goodness. We did a show on that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> do, do your work. Do, your, do your, your deep work in prayer. And then that lays the bedrock. That lays the foundation for an openness of heart. But we can, turn, we can bring people towards us, or we can push them further away by the way in which we talk with them about others. Because, you know, I, I frequently tell Christians, we are ambassadors for the Christian culture, and we want to be good ambassadors. And if we're good ambassadors, it means we understand their culture as well and their way of thinking, and that we're sympathetic toward it. It doesn't mean we agree with it, and it doesn't mean that I'm going to change my mind. But if I come at them with already this intensity of defense and hatred and your culture is wrong, the way you think is wrong— you know, we, we miss out on the relationship piece that God is really wanting humans to be in relationship with one another so that we all then become like-minded through the Holy Spirit. And if you think about it, when you came to know Christ, um, we weren't coming from a clean place. We weren't coming from a perfect place. And neither are our neighbors. So if someone believes a different religion than we do, if someone has a different lifestyle than we do, what we need to remember it is that God is calling us to seek love and compassion, and everything else is going to get worked out in the wash. That's how I like to think about exactly. it. Exactly. So if I'm bringing someone towards Christ, I don't have to be Christ. <laughs> I can just bring them towards the truth. And, and the Lord says in, in his word that my words will not return void. That's so right. We're planting those seeds. He's going he's gonna to work out everything in the wash. When he transforms their life, then it's going to be between the two of them. Well, and we need to trust that we need to trust that God loves them, and and that they are they are far more important to Him than we could ever imagine. And so He's Absolutely. very compelled and very moved to to save all of His people, and and that includes the ones that are being conceived. So we have about one minute. Mm-hmm. So I want to uh, encourage you, listeners. You know, you can um, also go to the Focus on the Family website and find out more about this information. 
Um, this is Brianna Stensrud. Did I say that right? Yeah, you did. Oh, I did. Okay, good. Brianna Stensrud. Mm-hmm. She is um, with us from Focus on the Family, and we're so appreciative of of this organization. And she's the director of Sanctity of Life and the community outreach person at Focus on the Family. And she is really talking to us today about this big event, January 21st and 22nd in Washington, D.C., that we are very excited about. And you can certainly find uh, through Focus on the Family's website a way to attend it, or you can also watch it for free in simulcast. And we're really wanting to encourage you as listeners, as well as myself, to be praying for this event. And so this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia, 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk Radio. Join me in the next segment with Brianna Stensrud from Focus on the Family. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. You are listening to 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk Radio. And I'm so glad you joined me here in the new year. And we have a really exciting event that is coming up. And it is January 21st and 22nd. And it is Focus on the Family and the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission will host the first ever major pro-life conference. For, evangelical, for evangelicals, and it's in conjunction with the March for Life. So this is going to be in Washington, D.C., and there will be, March for Life is like a worldwide organization. There'll be around 600,000 people marching for this. And in conjunction with this event, we have with us from Focus on the Family, Brianna Stenstrud, who is the Director of Sanctity of Life, and she is really... Um, heading this up, working with them on this. And so we're so glad that she is here today to talk to us about this event, but not only the event, but this idea of this pro-life, pro-choice, and where we as Christians really can help, where we can support, where we can take a stand and be um, really a, a voice for the heart of God. And so, Brianna, thank you again for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. This has been fun. Well, tell us about this event again, and then kind of what we were talking off, you know, off air was um, this whole idea of how pro-life people get such this, you know, there's this impression, this judgment about us, but we also can judge the pro-choice people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the reasons why we wanted to have this event in Washington, D.C., that you can attend live or you can have a free simulcast on your personal device, um, you can on your phone on your laptop, or have your local church host a free simulcast of the event. You would just visit evangelicals.life, and you'd find the information there. But one of the reasons why we wanted to have this event was we wanted to equip believers with a compassionate yet compelling tone for reaching out to their community, to their neighbors, to their loved ones, to their friends about being pro-life. You know, a lot of um, pro-life uh, conversations tend to get negative very quickly. Right. And yet, on the pro-choice side of things, some of the things that they promote seem to be quite positive. Um, I'll give you a perfect example. We were out um, participating in a prayer, peaceful prayer meeting outside of a Planned Parenthood clinic, um, our staff here at Focus. And what we noticed was on one side of the street, there were all the pro-choicers, and on our side of the street were all the pro-lifers. <laughs> and the pro-choicers were holding up all these signs that said pro-women and and pro-choice and pro-health care and pro-all of these things that were 
really positive things like we're for women. Like we want everyone to have health care. I mean, we want women to be taken care of. We want pe- women to have educated choices and to have quality care at these places. So like they're saying all these things that we're for over there. Exactly, know? exactly. And yet on our side, there were lots of people holding signs that said, abortion means you're going to hell. And, you know, abortion is killing. Right. And baby parts are being sold and all of these things. Well, um, not all of that is necessarily true. Right. You know, just because right. you've had an abortion doesn't mean you're going to hell. If, if you don't know Jesus Christ, you're, going, you're not exactly. going to heaven. That's exactly. for sure. But that, that's where we can get to in this vigilante state. Exactly. Where we feel that what we say needs to just save the world in, in one sentence. Right. And that's, that's just not how Jesus modeled that for us. Um, it's about having relationship and conversation and doing that in a way that is compassionate and compelling. And it doesn't get construed as this negative, awful, uh, argumentative thing. Because what we're, what we're fighting for is the dignity of every life and even those that we disagree with. And a perfect example of that is um, I had a friend that I, uh, oh, she's more of an acquaintance, but we worked together at another company um, that I had previously worked at, and she's definitely very pro-choice. She lives a very um, liberal lifestyle and um, very nice, very sweet girl, but she just definitely lives a different lifestyle than I do. And when all of the Planned Parenthood videos started coming out, you know, I would just share them on my Facebook page right? pretty um, dispassionately, but factually, like this is what's happening right. and take a look for yourself. I mean, because the videos really don't need any more explanation. You just exactly. watch them exactly. And, and the truth is there. So I didn't feel like it needed to be added to. So I just kept posting these things. I was pretty factual, just very dispassionate, but these are the facts. And I, I got a private well, I got a private message from her saying, oh, my goodness, I, I, I'm, I'm pro-choice. I, I had no idea. Right. Well, then um, she's like, can we talk about this? And I, I'm like, oh, my goodness. She's probably the last person on the planet. So right. She's, prob- she's probably had a few friends or herself that have had an exactly. abortion. Exactly. So just right. from based on the lifestyle she lived. And um, the next thing I know, five minutes later, I see on her Facebook page, a post of the video wow. on her Facebook page, and it says, "It says to all my friends, I have I've always been pro-choice, but I just watched this video, and at minute, you know, three twenty-five, right. I see a live baby in a bedpan on a counter, and I'm bawling in the corner of my bedroom right now. I don't even know what to think anymore." Wow, we and. One, those are the kinds of things that the videos have stirred up. They've really stirred this, like this, they've really kind of pulled the veil back right. and shown people what actually really does happen. Whether you're pro-choice or you're pro-life, the the fact is, is that you can see that these are little babies and they're being taken at different stages of development and right. different stages of their life. And so that is the, that's the fact that remains. And so it's not just a clump of cells. We can, you know, the, the ultrasound machine gives us a window into oh, the womb that we've never had before. And you can actually see that it is a little life. It does have little arms and legs and whatnot. And the lie that women are being told is that they will have a freer, more full life if they have the ability to make that choice to terminate that pregnancy. Exactly. And instead of... Instead of a culture or a society that accommodates women as mothers, we have 
created a culture through abortion that has made it almost an expectation that you would abort your child if it happens, if you get pregnant at an inopportune time. Exactly. And so what that does is it, it doesn't allow freedom for women. It, it's actually bondage. Well, and it causes them to also think that if abortion is removed, that that opportunity is removed, then they will be in even more bondage. Right. They'll be and, forced to have children that they either don't want to have or can't have. And, and it's this idea that we need to be having other options for women, that if they are pregnant in an inopportune manner, that there are other ways to manage that. Yeah, and, there's, and, and really this is an opportunity for the church to come alongside the most vulnerable women in yes. our communities and to say, you know what, we're going to love on you and we're going to love on your child and we're going to invite you into the body of Christ and we're going to support you and take care of you. And guess what? You're coming in an imperfect way. Oh, my goodness. Read any story in the Bible about how Jesus, who he encountered and how imperfect they were and all of the mistakes that they made and people they killed and people they slept with and people that they were sworn enemies of. And Jesus just said, you know, none of that matters. I want to save their soul. And so all of this outward flesh stuff, should not get in the way of me bringing someone to Christ. Well, and I think, exactly. And we have like 20 seconds left here. Yeah. So I think also the idea is not only are we valuing the life of an unborn baby, but we need to value the life of the woman that is in this situation. Absolutely. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia, and you are uh, listening to, to Brianna Stensrud, who is from Focus on the Family. So join me in the next segment as we continue to talk about this up-and-coming event in Washington, D.C. Uh, this is Cynthia Hyatt again. Join me again in the next segment with, uh, with you at 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia, and I'm Cynthia Hyatt. Thank you for joining me here in the beginning of 2016. And I have with me today Brianna Stensrud from Focus on the Family, and she is the director of the Sanctity of Life and Community Outreach. And she is really gearing up for this huge event that Focus on the Family is doing January 21st and 22nd in Washington, D.C. And it is... um, they're going to host the, the first ever major pro-life conference for evangelicals, and it's in conjunction with March for Life. So this is going to be a huge thing that has never happened before, and I'm glad to have her on the show today because I think it's imperative for us as Christians to understand really what's happening in the pro-choice world, what's happening in the pro-life world, and how we really can be people that plant seeds we really can love people that may feel and seem unlovable, and we can truly be loving toward people that we disagree with. So, Brianna, thank you again for being with us, and uh, kind of give us a little bit more information about the event, how listeners can be involved in it, and if they can't be physically involved, what would be some things they could be praying for you about? Absolutely. Yes. So the event is called Evangelicals for Life, and if you want more information about who's going to be speaking and how you can um, host the free simulcast in your church, you can go to evangelicals.life. And on your, on there, you'll see all the ways to get involved, um, either on-site, live in D.C., or through a free simulcast. You can live stream the event for free on your personal device, on your phone, on your iPad, or you can host a church simulcast for free 
Um, and it's a wonderful value considering the speaker list that we have. We've got David Platt and Reverend Sam Rodriguez, Dr. Russell Moore, um, Jim Daly, who is our president here at Focus on the Family, Charmaine Yost, um, Jeannie Mancini, who is the president of March for Life. We've, we've got a huge lineup of um, wonderful pro-life advocates, John Stone Street from the Chuck Colson Center for Christian Worldview, um, a slew of pastors on there as well. And the event is really designed to equip people from the pulpit all the way to the pew uh, how to be a voice for life, and not just a voice for the preborn, which is what everyone really associates pro-life being with, but for the comprehensive worldview of being pro-life, so every facet of life. So, so when I talk about a comprehensive worldview, what I'm really talking about is I'm talking about the preborn, I'm talking about the orphan, I'm talking about those with special needs, I'm talking about those with preventable diseases, those in human trafficking, I'm talking about social justice issues. Um, I'm the elderly, the widows. The end of life. The yes, end, yeah, elderly, I mean, really, widows. the weakest among us. Yeah, so those, um, those who do not have a voice or don't have a strong voice, um, those who are who we want to be a voice for, because every life was created in the dignity and image of, of Christ. And so we want to honor that. And by honoring those and honoring each and every life, we are glorifying Christ because this is, he's the creator of life. And so every facet of life deserves our attention, deserves our advocacy and our efforts. And so one of the ways you can be praying for us is one, just that everyone gets to the event. Um, DC is, you know, a very hectic town, a lot's going on in D.C., and it's also in conjunction with this wonderful event called the March for Life event, and the March for Life is the largest pro-life event in the world, and over 600,000 people walk from the Washington Monument to the Supreme Court steps, really in solidarity um, in the for the decision of the Roe versus Wade um, decision that came down, and we, we walk in peaceful protest against that in, in hopes that we can overturn the Roe versus Wade decision, and that we could have been end abortion in our lifetime. Um, but the event, the Evangelicals for Life event that is before that, the Evangelicals for Life event is on Thursday and Friday morning. The March for Life is on Friday afternoon. Uh, the Evangelicals for Life event is really to equip believers for that comprehensive worldview. And then the March for Life is really that stand together and that walk together against abortion specifically. So, so we have about one more minute, so let them yeah. know kind of what they can pray for, but also how they can, you know, we talked some about having it at their church if they wanted, or even if they have, you yeah. know, other people in their home watching the simulcast. Yeah, so you can pray that all of our speakers get there. You can pray that lives are changed. You can pray that people are equipped. Um, you can also just pray about your church hosting a local simulcast. That is free. You would visit evangelicals.life. And you can stream that in your church for free. It's a wonderful thing to do during Sanctity of Human Life Month, right after your Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. So you can attend live in person in Washington, D.C., or you can host that free simulcast at your church or on your personal device at your home. That's awesome. Because I think, you know, we can also pray that pro-choice people, you know, that might want to be against this would listen and really come, you know, come away with a very different view of what pro-life is. Yeah. And and so I think it's I think it's very powerful. And so listeners, I want to really encourage you to kind of get behind this, whether it is just praying individually. If you have people, you know, that you want to do as a group in your home and you can watch this, you can invite people to come and, and view it. You can certainly go that that would be, you know, that would be awesome. So 
Again, this is uh, Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me today. We have one more segment with Brianna Stenshrud uh, from Focus on the Family. So join me again on 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk Radio. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. And if you are just joining in, um, I have Brianna Stensrud from Focus on the Family here today. And she is the director of, um, I have it right here in my notes. Sanctity of Human Life. Thank you. I switched to a different window. Yes. Sanctity of of Life and Community Outreach. Yes. And um, so we are talking about this wonderful event that's happening in Washington, D.C., a very um, first-time-ever event with March for Life, and it's very exciting. You can also see it simulcast. And so we gave you some information in this show about how to watch it if you're not able to attend. And we also talked in the last segment about how you can pray for Brianna and for this event. And so, Brianna, thank you again. This is our last segment. And I just really want to talk about this whole idea of pro-life and what that means. And when you use the term comprehensive view of life, what that means and what the pro-life movement is really about. Yeah. I mean, when I say comprehensive worldview, what I'm really talking about is having a whole life, pro-life perspective. We know that being pro-life is a, uh, it's a biblical worldview throughout the entire scripture. We read Jesus modeling what it means to really be pro-life and coming alongside those who don't have a voice, coming alongside those that are outcasts of society, coming alongside um, those who are very self-righteous. And so we see the Lord identifying and giving dignity to those who society says has no worth and dignity or has said that they have messed up too much. And I think as Christians... Or they cost too much, or they cost too much money. Right. Right. And I think as Christians, we have um, kind of believed the lie that if we show compassion to someone who has messed up, that we are then um, affirming and condoning. Um, and or, or agreeing, the right. They've made, or agreeing with the choices that they've made. And I think that that's exactly what the enemy wants us to believe, because Jesus met the woman at the well, and he sat and talked with her <laughs> and engaged with her. And he didn't shy away from the truth with her. But he definitely um, didn't shy away from her, you know. So one of the things that we need to do as pro-lifers is engage people in relationships in a compassionate and yet compelling way in order to bring them closer to the heart of God and not push them farther away. We talked earlier about how um, no one ever has really, no one that I know of has ever come to Christ by losing an argument or a shouting match. Um, I think we get on social media and it's very easy to make these very, harsh comments, and we get all uh, super vigilante about things, and yet, um, do we really need to be like that? No, we well, don't. You know, if That's we look, the tone that we need to communicate. Well, exactly. If we look in the scriptures, we, rec- we see that the only people that Jesus ever argued with were believers. <laughs> you know, he didn't argue with non-believers. He was compassionate. He, he accepted them where they were at. He knew that the Holy Spirit is the one that changes the heart. And we certainly want to give people information to plant seeds. But we don't change a person's heart by arguing with them. In fact, we help it harden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what? There's so much more commonality between pro-lifers and pro-choicers. Yes. People want to admit. Yes, indeed. Um, 
and we we are both pro women. You know, I think in the pro life movement we get the reputation, and rightly so, because we've been very focused on it, is that we're just against abortion, and we want or that we're these hyper right. hyper traditionalists. Yeah, and we want to take away women's rights. Yes, and that we're not for quality women's health care. You know, and a lot of the legislation that pro lifers try and pass is for better health care, so that when they find them, when they, women find themselves in situations that they're getting quality health care. I mean, Planned Parenthood aren't held to the same health standards that hospitals. Exactly. Are. Exactly. And so, when you really dig deeper into the truth and you become knowledgeable about why pro-lifers, of course we have an end goal in mind, but that doesn't mean that we don't advocate for better women's health care because better women's health care actually eliminates the need um, or even eliminates some of the desire to have an abortion. If you get great care and you're cared for as a woman, whether you choose a life or you don't, I mean, that's a heart change for somebody. Right. So a woman right. who feels like they're going to get compassion and they're going to get care and assistance in coming alongside them to care for the life that they've just chosen, that, that's, that's a huge thing. I mean, well, we, we, well, we also know that when women are better taken care of, they make better choices. When they feel more absolutely. valued, they make better choices. Absolutely. And so they may be more willing to, to manage their sex life in a different manner. And we're not trying to take away a person's you know, right for, to, to have sexual activity. What we're wanting to do is when we value ourselves, we value ourselves in the long run, not just the moment. Yeah, and when you think about that, you know, in that comprehensive way, is it, so you, it's not just about saving the life of the child. So that life of that child can also save that mother. And we've heard time and time again here at Focus on the Family through our option ultrasound program where we place ultrasounds in high abortion um, areas and cities is that women who choose life, they say, choosing life saved my life. My exactly. baby saved my life. I was lost. I was, you know, I, I didn't know what I was doing with my life. And, and I chose life, and this is what I'm having to do as a result. I'm having to get my life together. I'm having to make better decisions. I'm having to get educated. I'm doing these things. And so, um, and that, and it's a cycle is what it is, because those women that choose life, if we don't come alongside them, a lot of these children can, um, because they can't be well taken care of, um, or their moms choose not to take care of them, become orphans. And then they get lost in our foster care system. And if we don't advocate for the orphans in our foster care system and the Christians don't step up and adopt these and bring them into forever families, then we've got an, ador an adoption and an orphan care issue. And then when, when that happens and you've got an influx of that in other cities and other areas and around the world, then you've got kind of a human trafficking issue that can happen because you've got lost children that are trying to survive and make money and all of these different things, and then they get taken advantage of. And so you've got all of these different facets that are really blended together. And so you will have pro-choice people who are pro-choice when it comes to the abortion issue, but are very pro-justice-minded when it comes to human trafficking, when it comes to preventable diseases, when it comes to like clean water and all of that stuff, all of those facets are very, very, very connected. And that's also, also a very big commonality that we have. They are, whether they know it or not, they are valuing life as we should, as pro-lifers. So we are caring for and giving dignity to every facet of life. And that's what I mean by that comprehensive. We have more in common than we think. Well, I think it's important for, you know, listeners to understand that when we are really advocating for pro-life, what we are trying to explain to people is that it is a super comprehensive problem that is very complicated, and it isn't just an issue of abortion. What we are trying to do is protect life at every stage. 
And, you know, when you started and you were talking about that woman that says, you know, my baby saved my life when I chose to keep this pregnancy happening. That baby saved my life. I got my life together. And and we were talking off air where, you know, I said, nobody has ever regretted having a baby. In the moment of that time and how crisis-oriented that feels, you know, when I'm having a pregnancy I did not plan. But years go by, and nobody has ever regretted having a baby. But people always regret having an abortion. And and it's it's really helping people to see farther down the road than just the moment that they're in. Yeah, I... I definitely would agree with that. I mean, we as a society have said that we are better because of the choice of abortion. And, and as I said earlier, you know, abortion has not created a world that values women. What it has done is it has um, created bondage for women. It right. is a lie that many women have believed. And then instead of accommodating women as their, with their needs as mothers, we have um, created a culture that expects you, almost expects you to have an abortion if you're pregnant at an inopportune time. Well, and I, you know, I, I'm i very, very, a big advocate of pro-life. And one of the main reasons is certainly become, I'm a Christian, but I'm also adopted. And so I'm very thankful for, you know, the whole process that I went through in being adopted. And and what would have happened if, if my mother had, had decided not, not to go through with the pregnancy? And and I think we get confused. You know, the the pro choice people think they're really offering choice when what they're doing is they're they're saying, well, this person isn't really going to be wanted, or this baby, there's no you know resources for this baby, so let's just make the choice for this baby, versus saying, why don't we allow this pregnancy to occur, and that person that's then born has to decide how they are going to do their life, versus determining ahead of time for that person that, you know, it's just not worth it. We're not going to go forward with that life. And it's very, it's very sad. It's very tragic. And, and you know, I was talking to um, Dr. Pingleton. You know, he's the director of the, the clinical director for you all at Focus on the Family. And we were talking some about this concept. And I said to him, you know, I was thinking about back in the Old Testament when, when they were having babies, they were sacrificing them to idols. And we have people that read the Bible and think how, oh, my gosh, that's so horrible. And, and, you know, we have people that th- see how barbaric that is. And what I was saying to him was I said, what struck me was these people that were sacrificing these infants on these altars, killing these infants, burning them alive to these idols, actually valued these babies. In their ignorance, they thought they were giving the best of the best of the best to this God they were serving. We can't say that we're even doing that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so barbaric what we're doing, and and that that event was at least valuing those babies. We are discarding human life. Yeah, and and really, what we talk about at Focus is about being a voice for the voiceless. Yes, um, being a voice for those who cannot speak up for themselves. And you're you're talking about a preborn child who does not have a voice. That's right. And and really, the only difference is environment and development and. When you talk about, when you kind of carry out the worldview of pro-life or pro-choice, it doesn't really fit and gel together because what we're talking about is a life in, in the womb. And the only difference between that child in, in utero or outside of the womb is really just environment. Right, whether or not it can survive in the environment. Right. And if we use that as a uh, decipher of what is real life and what's not, 
try and apply that, try and walk that out with any other facet of life. I mean, there goes all advocacy for kids with special needs because they're not as valuable because they're not as developed in certain ways and they have different challenges than we do. Talk about the end of life. Talk about, okay, so um, the environment, I've just, I've got a grandmother who's in a nursing home and that's all she does all day. But does she, is she any less valuable because she's literally well, in a nursing exactly. home all day? So, well, we have this huge contradiction because we have, we have, you know, all the in vitro, the IVF, the, you know, where, where we are valuing those eggs, those, those eggs that have, have, and, and we're not even valuing a child that is seven months in womb. Yeah, it's, it's very, well, you know, I'm, and you know what, Brianna, we have two minutes, and I cannot yeah. believe it has gone this fast again. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So I really, I really am so thankful that you were here today, and you have so many amazing things, and I'm so glad for your job, and I really want to bless you in the work that you do for the Lord, because I know He honors it more than anything. You know, He He's a creator, and and imagine if you were an artist and you had just begun to paint. And someone walked in and said, I don't think that's painting of any value. I don't see it and destroyed it in the beginning stages of making it, you know. And, and so thank you for the work that you do. And please just give some encouragement to our listeners about what's happening and, and again, how they can get a hold of this information. Yeah. So this is Sanctity of Human Life Month. January is Sanctity of Human Life Month. And on the third Sunday is Sanctity of Life Sunday. Um, so during the Sanctity of Life Month, Focus on the Family in partnership with the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission is hosting an event for evangelicals called the Evangelicals for Life. It's hosted in Washington, D.C. this January on the 21st and 22nd. You can attend live in D.C. or you can host a free simulcast at your church or just log in free to watch the conference on your personal device, your phone, your iPad. So the way you're going to get involved is to visit evangelicals.life and you're going to register for the simulcast or you're going to register to attend the event. And then after our event is over, we're all going to participate in what's called the March for Life, where over 600,000 people are going to be walking together um, in hopes to end abortion in our country. But the conference itself, the Evangelicals for Life conference itself, is going to give you um, a comprehensive worldview. Oh, thank you. to talk about that. Thank you so much. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia on 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk Radio. If you've not been able to listen to this show in its entirety, please visit my website at CynthiaHyatt.com and you can listen to the show completely and get all that information as well. Have a blessed week. And inspiring to you. We'd like to remind listeners that this show isn't a replacement for professional counseling or therapy. The messages and teachings shared during this show are given as a way to teach listeners with ideas and insights about how to become your own best version. Cynthia is available as a keynote or guest speaker for corporate or spiritual events. To contact Cynthia, go to CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear a replay at any time at FaithTalk1360.com. Join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. for Conversations with Cynthia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ.